Dockety Building Services presents Footy and Frothies, 5th of May 2021, uh, here at the Grey Gums Hotel again. Joined this by the usual crew, Ollie the Oracle, Barney Breakeven Boy. Um, what's going on, lads? Yeah, just getting through, same as pretty much every other week, mate. Doing the best, getting through it. Yeah. Watched all the footy. <laughs> Remember a few spots I don't quite remember. But <laughs> uh, How about yourself, Ollie? Uh, ditto. Good, all right, good chat. Um, yeah, I was saying I was luck, fortunate enough to be away at Borough, a beautiful top pub in Borough this weekend and watched uh, the picnic races there. But Who was best on ground? Oh, I wasn't allowed to talk about that. Okay, fair enough. But, um, <laughs> they um, yeah, had a great weekend, they looked after us, saw a lot of the footy in various states. Um, God bless the KO Minis. They helped me catch up with yeah, the rest. Nice. So uh, it was good. Uh, I thought there was some good footy. I thought there was some exposing footy. And I thought there's a few teams we don't need to worry about anymore that maybe um, we can pen. But I suppose we can talk of that as we get into it. Anyone take home bucket loads from the races? Uh, no. Ellsberg no. and uh, Trekking would have helped me to bucket loads. Instead, I had a small sand pail. Um, Fair enough. Should we talk about Brett Morris? He's retired now. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, tragic. Not, uh, yeah. uh, not, confirmed, not confirmed. Not confirmed, confirmed but um, he's all but indicated it's his last game uh, after an ACL. 278 first-grade games, 181 tries, 18 test matches for 23 tries and 15 origins for five. Uh, where does Brett Morris sit in a scheme of all-time wingers and, and how does his career stack up, Vaughn? In oh, your humble. In my humble, he would have been the, probably in the top three running around every, um, for every year that he was on the field. Uh, he was just a consummate finisher. Every time that he was given a job to do, he did it, and he did it quite well. I remember when he first burst onto the scene, he was absolute lightning, and pretty much every time you gave him half a gap down a wing, he was gone, and you weren't going to catch him. So, um, oh, mate, absolute professional. Uh, you've just seen even in the later years, his last couple of twilight years that he's put in, they've been brilliant. I think the Roosters stint has actually raised everyone's opinion of him. I think every, I think just because of those clubs he was at for a while, uh, being at the Roosters and being on show and, and being as prolific as he has, people have actually really jerried how many tries he actually does have, In yeah. if that makes sense. But even at the Dragons and the Bulldogs, he was still always one of their best. He yeah, was always yeah. rated extremely highly, I think. Um, thought, in my opinion, anyway, I've always rated him extremely highly compared to anybody else that's been running around in, the, in his position, so... I think the most impressive thing for one of the underestimated things about him was his defence. Yeah. He was a fantastic defensive winger, as good a defensive winger as you see, and some of his efforts in origin defensively against that. I remember they'd line him and his team. brother up and just try to shut down one side of the field, well, especially uh, in the origin there. Remember, they actually brought them in to stop Inglis mm. that year, and um, they did. And um, they just had that, they were just either together or on opposite sides of the field, they were tremendous, both to. Really, really good defensive centre slash wingers, and I think that's the underrated part of the game as well. I don't think they ever let anybody down either of the brothers. No. Well, in my opinion, um, throughout the duration of his career, there has not been a better winger. Like, there just has not been in the period where he has played. I put the post out the other day, obviously, and I know that you guys saw it. The people who disagreed 
couldn't name anyone else. In turn, a couple of people like Hazamel Masri well hasn't played three seasons into Morris's if you career. Take, I'm sorry, if you take Hazem's kicking out of it, he's not even in the postcode of top ten wingers. Well, I didn't see a whole lot of right. him. Like he retired. I pretty much started watching footy around when Brett Morris started him, playing. Not, and yeah. yeah, and there was someone who said Jared Hayne. Is he really remembered as a winger? And also, I don't think he was as consistent throughout his entire career as a as a Brett Morris. Um, someone commented, "No, I disagree." Because, you know, how do you measure a winger? Is it based off uh, speed? How, you know, if they're a prolific try scorer or defence? Well, he pretty much ticks all three boxes. Like, it, pr- they pretty much answered their own question. But, yeah, there were some people who disagreed, which I thought was odd. But when questioned, none of them could come up with a a single player who came close. And honestly, trying to think throughout Brett Morris's playing days... <sighs> Which wingers have come along? And not only, sure, there's been more skillful wingers and wingers have had better seasons, but in terms of playing at that level consistently in that position throughout their whole career, there's no one. I find it hard to disagree. I, When I picked my all-time team, we all did last year, was sort of based on players I liked at their absolute best. So yeah. I've named Hayne and uh, Wendell. Uh, but for the long, taking longevity into account and the other factors you've said, uh, yeah, I, I find it hard to disagree with the wingers I've seen. Um, there's faster ones. That you could argue better jumpers or better yeah, uh, whatever. But no, I, I think, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, well, in terms, again, during his playing days, I'm not saying all time he's the greatest of all time, but during the period he played, there was no one better. Fair enough. Any dad, man? No, man, can't disagree with that, as you said. Uh, let's get through the other couple other little bits of news. Not heaps this week, barring that big one. And, uh, and our thoughts too, Brett. And uh, hopefully he's yeah, indicated he to wants out. to coach going forward. Both him and his brother want to coach. So yes. uh, whether that's as a Walker-style combination or whether that's going their own way, I guess we'll see. Yep. Um, Michael Jennings and Parramatta have had a mutual split. They've gone their separate ways, um, which I guess makes sense. Just Parramatta wanted to move yeah. on and Jennings didn't stop him. So what yeah. can you say? I don't know how it would have worked anyway. Maybe Parramatta couldn't, weren't paying him under suspension. Anyway. I don't know the ins and outs of that. So. Yeah. Um, other news is the New South Wales coaches have sought – New South I should say the Orange coaches, New South Wales Queensland coaches have sought clarity on the 18th man rule. So whether if they name, say, Gutho as 18th man for New South Wales, he's allowed to go and play for Parramatta that week or whether he has to sit out the game. All right. Uh, it's only, I guess, a, a side note and maybe it'd be only important to two people, really, or anyone as Gutho as a super coach, for example, or or um, Reed Mahoney or someone. But, yeah, they've, there's, they haven't had any further news on that. And I guess the big news is... The uh, as advertised, the Canberra muzzle. So, yeah, well, uh, uh, two big news pieces released after I put that post up. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll start with Cat. So, yeah, Barney, you had a bit to say on social media in relation to a post. But what's your take of what's going on at Canberra right at the moment? Well, it looks to me that there's a, a chunk of that playing group that's not exactly happy at the moment. Um, as we always say, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm pretty sure that. Um, Ricky has had a sort of a continuing theme through his coaching tenure, whereas after a few years, he does seem to get quite a bit of the playing group offside, uh, whether it's just the way he's constantly so aggressive in his coaching style or he's a little bit abrasive with the players. I'm I assume he's very sure. blunt. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would assume the same thing. And um, it's looking to me where they're going to get to the point where it's going to be players are going to have to be cleared out or Ricky's going to have to go. Yeah, well, uh, to butt in, sorry, uh, I put up the post probably Saturday now about uh, Ricky Stewart and whether or not people will believe he's overrated once he retires. A lot of people actually said yes, which I was surprised about. But then, of course, the more Instagram generation younger people were like, no, he's one of the greatest coaches, which I can understand where they're coming from because they've only really seen his time at Canberra. Uh, In this post, though, I was able to put together uh, a few dot points, if you want me to read them out, from his time at each club to sort of give an idea. So he started out the Roosters 2002, uh, finished up there 2006. Right at that time, three straight grand finals between 02 and 04, of course, one in 02. Brad Fittler retires at the end of 2004. They miss the top eight entirely in 05, and he's terminated during the 06 season. Then he goes to Cronulla, Barney's team, one finals appearance in three and a half seasons. They made the prelim final in 08. Uh, He also resigned from the role in 2010. 2013, Parramatta finished last, resigned at the end of the season, joined Canberra at Canberra so far. Three final series and seven full seasons as head coach. Uh, the grand final appearance in 2019 and then of course as origin coach uh, a series win for New South Wales in 05 he was their coach in 05 and 11 and 12 and then for Australia was their coach in between 06 and 08 Uh, his only real highlight there or I guess you could say a low light was Australia reaching the World Cup final in 2008 they lost that for Australia the minimum expectation should be to win that tournament Uh, maximum should be to win it by 40 and apparently uh, due to Australia losing that World Cup tournament, there was actually a bit going on behind the scenes. They weren't too happy with Stuart for that, and then he left. So, highs and lows. Not really too much in between. It's either been great or terrible. I think, from memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, Barn, um, I do drink a bit. Didn't he essentially lose a dressing room at the end of most of those club-based... Yeah, that's, um, that's much generally the way it seems. The way it looks like it's going now. Cronulla was an unhappy split. Easts. Yes. Uh, he pretty much lost Paris locker room at the start of the season when he went he in there Paris, and said, yeah. I'm going to get rid of... Well, Which ben, was a shambles ben Roberts at the time, said it anyway, on, the, so. on the Bloke in the Bar um, podcast. He got a... A presentation up during preseason and turned it on and said, "Yeah," and he said, "Everyone who's on this list, find somewhere else." And that's that's what happened. So, um, and apparently, you know, the opinion of the players who did stay and were wanted, they were soured on him for what he did. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, obviously football teams, particularly at that level, are tight knit communities, and you know, you get your mate offside or your mate's business offside, it probably. Sours you right the way through. So Canberra's always been his sort of where he wanted to land. I think um, mm. he started off with the Roosters. He was get, he handed a very good squad, which um, he got a premiership out of straight away, and then did have Gus there at the time started as well. to fall away yes. a little bit. Um, same thing with the Sharks. I think they went through and they were minor premiers the first year he started because he was handed a quite a quite the a Sharks. good squad. No, oh, was eight. the second year that he was there. Oh wait, they finished fourth. That's the highest they finished. So okay, it might have been the minor premiers the year before, but he's turned up with a fairly good squad, got them, got them up into the finals and then they fell away drastically Parramatta, he was never, as we said, never no. really in the picture at Parramatta and then he's landed at Canberra where he's, he's he has reinvented that team He's um, yeah. he took them from the sort of also runs every year and put them up into a position where they've been a, a consistent threat over the last probably four to five years but yeah, there's too much going on now, you, you're hearing too much out of the out of the players to for something not to be happening. Yeah, and so the uh, news today was that I think it was the Herald reported that Hodgson officially basically walked in. It was a blunt conversation. He said, if you don't want me to... 
he asked him to give up the captaincy for a week or two. Okay. And Hodgson basically said, uh, well, if you don't want me to captain now, why would I want to captain Later on. when we're winning? Yeah. Um, so that was a discussion. They moved on. Elliot Whitehead's captaining this week. Um, Harley's come week. out and, and said he's lost the thrill of playing the game. He's which not is interested a real in playing concern. the game at uh, all. Had a week off. You have yeah. um, very timely injuries all year. Targeting is, uh, blokes like Hudson Young and Tappany who realistically haven't been their problem well, over, no. the last, yeah. for over the start of the season. So, yeah, I think obviously the premiership window is closed for Canberra and probably um, there's going to be quite a few players heading heading north in the next few years, I'd say. Well, it's now confirmed as or well. Or south, even. But it, no. it was confirmed along with Hodgson coming out and uh, stepping down as captain of Canberra that it, George Williams is wanting to go back to England. Um, and Canberra released a statement and said that he's at least committed to the end of the season. But after that, yeah, so it looks like they're going to have to find a half. They yeah. might jump into this merry-go-round of halves at the moment. Um but you start yeah. to get, it's a little bit of the, for lack, only because I've watched it closely, the Madge syndrome. If once people are unhappy, people don't want to come either. Yeah. And so he's, he's had that run of bringing in the UK guys with great success. But I guess the word's probably out now in the UK as well that well, they a lot of the UK guys are not happy. Now. So it's fine with me. Um, very interesting. So I, I, the Hodge thing itself, any take on that? or? was what it was in well the original report was that he's going to step down as captain and then probably go to Brisbane next year so part one of the report's been ticked off as correct we'll have to not saying it he will end up at Brisbane next year but hey so far uh, I wouldn't be surprised at this point well Hodgson's on field hasn't been great over the at the beginning of last year before he got injured and the beginning of this year as well um Obviously, he's getting on a little bit, and um, he's still got plenty to offer a team, but I'm not sure. Um, when you've got someone like Starling breathing down the back of his neck, then... I am, like, I was so surprised not more clubs chase Starling end of last year and this year. I've said that plenty of times on the show. Yeah. And whether he's had a bit of a an AD to have an extension, so whether there's, you know, promises down the road, we'll wait and see. Um, no point, I don't generally like speculating on this show, so there's not much more to add from what's been reported, but... Disappointing times, like I, everyone had them very high up. We so, had them winning the comp. Um, yeah, and we can see how quickly things change, I guess. Yep. So the other signing news of the week, so more has happened since I made my notes, but uh, Essen Marstons and Paul Turner, both the Titans. Essen effective immediately. Uh, Turner's not confirmed as of yet. Oh, it's it's confirmed he's leaving. The Warriors have confirmed that he's leaving. Yeah, he's injured now, but two, it'll be from, officially it's from next year for two yep. years. Which good signing. Yeah. Uh, Rocco Berry and Nia Corey both extended their stay at the Warriors, uh, which again, good signings. Um, yep. They'd be happy with that. Scott Drinkwater re-signed, which is one of the speculation points. Does he end up as a... Would end up in the, the centres. Or ball-playing back rower? I is don't he think big he's... Enough? No. And Gump would have a heart attack hearing you say that because of his defence. I think he, um, I think he might stay at six for a little while. I think, um, I think Din might not start the uh, the season there next year, and then they'll try to slot him into somewhere in on a wing or back at fullback, depending on what happens with Val. But well, now that Masters is leaving, you'd think maybe the centres, quite possibly, yeah, potentially centres. Uh, and the two big ones that came out later this afternoon, uh, Xavier Coates to or Xavier Coates, always good, to Melbourne for two years as the, obviously as a, as a winger. So another loss for Brisbane there. Well, they his had, agent has come out not too long ago and has denied those reports. Okay. 
But so, so these, uh, yeah, we only talk about stuff that's been reported in, in yeah. popular media. So I can only take them for what they've reported. Yeah. And Katoni Staggs has agreed for a stay at, or to stay at Brisbane, which I guess is something for them. Uh, which signed on. Yeah, confirmed. again confirmed. Okay. Yeah, good. So I would imagine where they're at. Potentially, he's the six uh, before too long. Well, that's all the noise that's been coming out. It's he, wants he wants to play wants six, well. yeah. so we'll see what happens there. Um, well, so they they got a win. So if, you know, they pick up Hodgson. Who knows? They might. Yeah, enjoy, but they've got to pick up someone to go with him, which apparently they're looking to do. All the reports, Brisbane are pretty much linked with every half at the moment. You can understand why. Uh, I guess it'll be a question of do they partner whoever they get with Stags, or I guess now that they've signed Stags, they won't have as, enough, as much money, but do they try to get, let's say, a Sean Johnson to partner with another signing? Because Johnson will be on a fair bit, obviously, but not. you'd have to think not as much. Well, I imagine they're going to try and find someone, and because Milford and Croft are going to have to be off the coaching. <laughs> like, realistically, if they're talking and looking for people now... I have then Croft and Milford aren't in the plans well, going forward next year, are they? So. This might be Tyson a, Gamble's all right. Yeah, he, <laughs> I hate him personally, but yeah, he's he, close to my man of the match. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, so, he was real good. Well, it, it, it's just Milford will probably end up at Canberra if he stays in the NRL at this point. If Williams leaves, Ricky will say, "Oh, you know, you you invented yourself here." I know he played as a fullback there, but Canberra didn't want to let him go originally. Try and get him back, I guess, playing in a bit of a, a better. A better setup. I don't know. That that's just all I could see from Milford at the moment. It's a bit I'll out suggest there. Just USRL uh, uh, calling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he'd be great. He'd be great in America. He would. He'd probably be the uh, whatever it is, Iron Man, whatever they, their equivalent might be. <laughs> Judiciary news: uh, Tupanua and Tommy Talao both accepted the one-week early plea, uh, so they'll miss this week. Uh, injury news. LOA looks like he's out for three months and to power for out this week with the HIA, so that's both big blows. Ben Murdoch Masala will miss this week, HIA. They're saying Randall isn't as bad as first thought, but still a couple of weeks. He, he was named this week, I think, originally. I was going to be named, but they, they didn't. Uh, but the big ones there, Campbell Graham and Murray, both looking like four weeks as well, so that doesn't help them. And Paulo couple of weeks. Sam Verrill's dislocated re- uh, detached retina looking yeah, at 8 to 12 that. depending on that, which uh, yeah, they just can't take a trick. Easts. Ben Hampton, a significant time for a pectoral. Yeah. Zach Lomax, four weeks after thumb surgery. Uh, Jimmy Roberts, four weeks. Hamlin Ueli, eight weeks. That's a big out. Um, I thought it was pretty good in the weekend actually. From he wasn't too bad, yeah. Myself. It was um, pretty nasty the way that ankle went around when they landed on top of him. Yeah. So that's essentially injury news. We seems to be the, one of the longest segments we do on the show. Uh, PCT series results: Dune Buds, uh, Jimmy Bright, who goes under—is it Gandalf or is that the other? Yeah, one? Gandalf. That's him in, uh, in the other PCT. He's the only person tipped the Tigers finish with seven from eight, yeah. uh, which leaves Irish Tony and Polar Bear on top on 48 points. Gaz is on 45, Jamie 45 as well, uh, leading the charge there. So well done to all of them. Barney's somewhere down in the high 30s. <laughs> uh, I think I'm 43. Should we get into our reviews, boys, at yeah, that time? I, I guess so. Any other news? Anything else in your opinion? No. no. Barney, anything else? Not from me, mate. Uh, all right, cool. Let's get into uh, Canberra twenty going down to the Bunnies thirty-four. I thought there was issues with both teams. I thought both teams looked 
good at times and both teams expose themselves very badly at times. But what do the stats tell us, Barn? Yeah, so it was four tries played five. Um, two out of four conversions for Canberra and five out of five for Souths. Two penalty goals for Souths. 79% completion from both teams. Possessions were 31 out of 39 sets, played 30 out of 38. Five line breaks apiece. 12 tackle busts for the Raiders and 20 for Souths. Ten offloads played eight. Zero 40-20s. 387 tackles played 343. Three ruck infringements from Souths. And they've actually they've had a breakdown now for the six again. So they started to include inside the tens. So there was uh, zero... Uh, uh, zero sets restarts for the Raiders for the 10 metres and four from South. Eight penalties conceded by the Raiders and one by the Rabbits. Seven errors to nine. One of the South players got a sin bin. Starling with 49 tackles. Cook with 43 tackles. Aitkins with 195 metres and Sua with 184 metres. Hudson Young missed four tackles but he made 45. Uh... Hawir and Ira missed 6 out of 34, and Benji missed 2 and made 12. Supercoach points, Walker got 89, Kula Matangi with 83. Two other players before you get down to Elliot Whitehead from the Raiders with 73 points. What did you make of the game? Um, well, the Raiders looked the better team in the first half. They looked um, quite crisp, actually. They came out... Uh, very well, considering that they lost Williams in the in the warm up a couple of minutes before kickoff. Um. You know what it felt like to me watching that first half. It, all this noise about too many sort of chefs in the kitchen. They Some took half the chefs out of the kitchen, bit. and yeah. it was White and Show uh, Dental Lesson Whitehead, and it just they played much more direct. They just played yeah. through him, and hey, look, it started to work. It was pretty high intensity. There's a couple of nice try assists. Um, Benji's passed for the the try on the wing, and White's uh, first try that he set up. There's a few more players in motion from the Raiders, which um, they sort of got back to the way that they were playing at parts during last year. Um, if you have a look at their first few tries, there was um, there was a lot of decoy inside, outside of the ball, which um, yeah. sort of created a few more spaces for them to get uh, get in there and score some points. But in that second half, they just or there was a soft try just before half time that Campbell Graham just busted through a couple of them and put the ball down. Yeah, and then the, just the intensity just disappeared in that second half. The Raiders, different team, ran out there for the Raiders in the second half. Um, and South just continued to truck on and just went through the motions. They didn't do anything outstanding, but they were doing everything a lot better than what the Raiders were in that second half. Um, what can you say? The, the, the energy and the line, the line speed, especially from the Raiders. There, a lot of times where they just stood there and watched and waited. And yep. you know you can't do that, especially in the outside backs when you've got three and four blokes running at holes in your in, at your line in the out in the centres. Um, it was that uh, obviously the the big Benji thing where the, <laughs> the White and tried to get involved in that last twenty minutes and kept running behind players. Yeah. Um, that first one, I thought that was a bit of a joke. To be honest, um, if you go back and watch the replay, Benji actually slid in behind the marker first of all and put his hands up, yeah, and then slid across behind Emre Guler and did the same thing and put his hands up. I'd he could have got there if he wanted to. Yeah. He went out of his way not to get there, but letter of the law, it's no try. I gets called back. For I, I didn't have any problem so. with. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, the thing that took, the thing was, was to me when you watch it, it's one of those things you watch it the whole time. I went, well, that's an obstruction. It wouldn't matter what Benji was trying to do. They'll yeah. give obstruction. I didn't get all the peanuts coming out and saying well, that Benji's a cheat and I can't no, believe it's this. Just like, the way, no, if just you watch it from the play the ball, but it was, he, he stands he, he, he behind twice, the bloke yeah. who played the ball and yeah. sort of went, oh, I can't go anywhere. I yeah. can't go anywhere. And then as soon as it went to White and he ran across behind yeah. the next bloke and started doing yeah, the yeah. same thing, and you're just like, oh, come nah. on, Benji, you're better than that. But it was clever, and yeah, they both got called back. The second one was a dead set obstruction. 
and every yeah. day of the week. But um, yeah, the Raiders just not enough energy in that second half. I know there was a few injuries and whatever, and they but they just came out completely flat in that second half. I thought, um, like I said, my biggest takeaway of the first half was it was they, they looked like White's team and they played through him and that's what they, when they were successful last year was through the body's emotion and that sort of thing. Um, I really like Caleb Atkins. I thought it was tremendous. I thought he was Raiders best for 80 minutes. Every minute um, he's been out there, he's I tried. I pretty much, well, up. I'm going to suggest he's going to be very high in the, when we talk Dag Ems, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, right. Rappanar is flying as a winger. Like, he's as good a form winger as anyone at the moment in a in a team of issues. Yeah. Uh, I talked about RTS being career best form. He might be pretty close to it as well. He'd be up there, yeah. And uh, for, but for South, I thought the South four pack got completely bashed for the first half. Like, mm-hmm. Not like owned, owned, like were bashed out of the game. And then there were some soft defensive reads and then Canberra's turned off, came out and didn't even play second half. But there was enough there. I, was, I would be really concerned considering if, if South had been playing Penrith on the weekend, Penrith would put 50 on them. Yeah, uh, storm. Yeah. storm, and that's that's now the gap that I think's happening there. Even it may be even Parramatta, which we'll see more this week, possibly. But I just thought there was um, some issues. Yeah, obviously Benji's touch to set up a try was was good. Um, beyond that, I thought their two back rows are pretty good in the second half. They're probably two best. Sewer and Kolomatungi. He's been good for a few weeks now. Kolomatungi. I think Kolomatungi was the best forward on the field, to be honest. Yeah, for over the eighty. Um, that's my takeaways. I think I'm just. I think this is a whole knock on South, and we'll be interested to see how how well Canberra can springboard off this, if they can. Uh, I, and I really like Aikens, and hot take again. I think he might be a better long term prospect than Clockstar down the road. But yeah, anyway, Ollie, <laughs> your uh, your opinion. Uh, well, I'll get to Aikens, but um, first of all, for Benji Marshall, you know, all the people saying he's a cheat. Didn't do anything against the rules. All that really shows is that he studies the game. He's a student of the game. And he wanted to win the game for his team. And he did what he could. So At no point did the word cheat ever enter my mind. No, not a chance. Ever. Yeah. No, but just talking to yeah, yeah. the no, online. Like, it's it's not against the rules. He's literally doing something to contribute to his team winning the game. It's just something that not many people would think of doing. And that's why he's probably one of the smarter players going around in rugby league. We spoke last week as well about the Williams white and dynamic and neither player really knew you know who who's going to be in control and and we talked about how they can they don't really play together they split the split the field in the middle well that Williams injury is probably a bit of a blessing in disguise for White in that first half because he took control he knew it was his side and we saw one of his better performances for the season in that first half uh, I have to completely agree with Caleb Bacon's as well I did put the post up after the game saying you know should he be the long-term fullback for Canberra or should Clockstad possibly start in the centres when he is on his way back into the squad and I'm honestly not convinced either way at the moment. I think Clockstad's versatility and ability to play in the centres probably doesn't help him because then yes that's a possibility but there are people out there saying well Aikens is a reserve, you know he's a reserve grade player, how disrespectful to Clockstad well you obviously haven't been watching Canberra play the past few weeks or you've just never heard Caleb Aikens name be said before because he's not one of the stars of the game at the the moment so that's why they're saying that. Um, Plain and simple honestly if I'm Canberra in this current situation with Clockstad coming back from an injury I'm not saying long term but maybe you do start Clockstad in the centres as he's returning I mean Scott's not playing too amazingly Croker's and you know you've got Chris there maybe you do 
have CNK and Sebastian Chris as your centre combination at least for a couple of weeks while Clockstad's coming back and see how Aikens goes. I, I wouldn't be against that idea. Um, so yeah, the, the two ultimately two we call them top five teams. Did this game really? Are we read, do we read too much week to week of teams, or are we seeing Canberra completely capitulate and and Souths maybe not as good as we thought? Look, Souths are now put together. They should have lost to Tigers. They were okay the week after, and I thought just okay here in winning. Uh, I know Latrell's not there, and Latrell's a big key, I'd guess, and and that as a result, Walker's not playing where he should be, but. Are we give over? Are we over hyping Souths or? I've still got them in my three contenders because I need to see how they play over the next four weeks because they've got uh, Melbourne, Penrith, and Parramatta in three okay. of the next four weeks, and I'm waiting until after that to give a okay. a firm call on yeah Souths. Fair enough, Barney. Do you anything to add about? Oh, those? there's only about two teams realistically that are turning up every week, and like there's not a lot of teams that are putting in back to back. Complete performances, like I'd say, there's two and a half. I'd say three, but I think two and a half can win the comp. Yeah. Being Penrith, Melbourne, now Melbourne at full strength. And I wouldn't write Souths off. And um, para. obviously, therefore, the Cook basically hasn't really struck a blow all year. Um, there'll be a time when these pack does get rolling, and he'll start jumping out. And um, you obviously Latrell to come back in, and there's a few others that are in and around the mix, but. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure you can pen the Raiders at the moment. The way they're playing, they're, yeah. they're not looking like they're looking like they might even miss the eight. The way they're going, to be honest, the only reason they wouldn't is because all the rest of them are going to lose to each other in the middle well, there. So. Th- that's the thing. Uh, at least seventh and eighth, I think Canberra at the moment is still probably safe at about six. But it's it's hard to pick who's going to finish seventh and eighth because they all seem so up and down at the moment. Someone like, yes, will. The someone seem, will hit their stride in round sixteen and win. Yeah, five well, in it's a row like the, the Titans it happens every year. Someone yeah, the Titans seem crap at the moment. The penny will drop. Yeah, but a few weeks ago, you, you look manly were absolute crap. You know what I mean? The Cowboys at the moment, I think your sort of contenders for the top eight are really uh, Titans, Warriors, Newcastle, Cronulla, Manly definitely are now. Manly, St George. Those are your six, no. and it's pretty much going to be a case for me of who cocks up the least. <laughs> the two who cock up the least are going to make seventh and eighth and be eliminated. It, it the was first last week. year, but honestly, it's such a blight having a top eight these days. Like just just play a top five or a top six. Uh, Need more games. I'm going. Well, you mentioned him as the best best forward in the field, but you would you reckon Colmatungi three points here? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would have given Reynolds probably two just on the back of his kicking game. He kicked them to death. He was 500 metres off the boot, which or close enough to, and um, controlled the field possession. And then my toss-up would be one for Whiten or Starling. I'm saying I'm saying I had Aitken on top, actually. I'm saying Aitken three, but because uh, I wasn't impressed by South, but I think I over... Penalised South as well, so three Colin Matungi. Uh, let's. Well, I, what you said about Reynolds fine because he was pretty good until he got injured. Uh, two for Reynolds, one for Aitken. Then sure, yeah. uh, Rapana would have been the other one from Just Canberra. Thought, you know, White and Starling did a little bit more tough stuff, but yeah, yeah Aitken fine. was good enough. Okay. So, um, so right, three, no, no, three, three Aitken. Uh, sorry, three Colin Matungi, two Aitken, one for Reynolds. You want one of those Canberra blokes? Yeah, that'll do. All right, two to Aitken, one. Yeah. Storm 40 beat the Sharks 14 with a 32-point second half from Melbourne. Uh, had the stats read, man. Yeah, eight tries to two. Three out of eight conversions from the Storm, which we heard a bit about in the, in the after-match um, yep. interviews. <laughs> two out of two from uh, Cronulla. Uh, penalty goal each. 85% completion from the Storm and 66% for the Sharks. 33 out of 39 sets. Played 25 out of 38. 
six line breaks to five, 38 tackle busts for Melbourne and 34 for Cronulla, 170-plus post-contact metres from Melbourne. That's where they set this one up again, just hitting the line and just that soft first contact and they're making way too many yeah. post-contact metres there. Nine out of ten offloads. Nine offloads played ten. Two... Two force dropouts from the Storm and three from Cronulla. Uh, zero 40 20s. 269 tackles played 299. Four ruck infringements to two. And two inside the 10 from each team. Uh, three penalties for the Storm, four for Cronulla. Nine, nine errors played 12. Uh, Grant made 36 tackles, Nakora with 38. Uh, Josh Adokar with 215 metres. And Wilton with 147. Uh, Munster missed nine tackles out and made 15. And Hughes made, missed five. That um, them halves miss quite a few tackles from Melbourne. That's uh, it keeps coming up. Yeah. Um, Kennedy missed five and made two, and Johnson missed four and made seventeen. Remus Smith with 120 supercoach points. Grant with 103. Two other Melbourne players before you got down to Nakora on 75 supercoach points. Well, wasn't it amazing to see Nakora actually get a ball that he could go for a hole? And what happened? He ran away and scored. Um, He's pretty strong most weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I couldn't believe how many times. Cronulla threw forward passes, dropped the ball in the line, uh, ran through someone's, which I've said a couple of times, hit someone else's hole, uh, knocked on in Basic the line, fundamental knocked out. Like, the last just, three weeks have been horrendous. Uh, you can't, I can't say necessarily the score isn't is flattering to Melbourne, but uh, Sharks should have scored more points. It's Before pretty. Josh Morris left, they weren't doing that kind of stuff. They were doing it once or twice a game. Yeah. Now they're doing it seven or eight times yeah. a game. But they're <laughs> doing it every second set. Like they, yeah. They'll build a set and then all of a sudden they'll have an overlap and they just drop the ball or uh, or throw a forward pass or a flat pass into the line. It's just like schoolboy stuff and it's massively detrimental. I thought they were very disappointing second half. Um, the, the Shining likes Teague Wilton. I think he's been really good again. He's getting shot. He's playing a few different positions as well. Looks looks like he'd be something going forward, yeah. And I thought, um, and they've re-signed Connor Tracy actually, which uh, is something I missed earlier, but I guess that's good for, for you guys. Yeah, he feels a few different positions as well. Uh, he's been really good out in the centre since he's been pushed out there on the wing. Yeah, could, could potentially partner a Reynolds in the halves next year. Yep. Yeah, uh, the Storm second half. They look, Harry Grant's a superstar. He's the best hooker in the game. I don't need to say much more. He makes people around him better because that little bit of extra space he does with those two steps gives Hughes and Munster as running half so much space hmm. to when they get rolling to really just be really hard to stop. Uh, I thought he was tremendous. Again, Nico Hines would be fullback at probably eight other clubs in the comp. He was pretty good. It helps when you've got a great spine in front of you, but he was good. Uh, Munster could have scored two tries. He, uh, I think Hughes could have scored another try. They were just dragged down late. They, so um, there was some effort there, but I thought the spine stood up, and I thought that Cameron Kaye really looked like a, he'll be a star at some point. He, he was their best forward, just about, in my opinion. Um, Welsh, 208 metres. Fox, 215 metres. We're both um, very good, too. What do you have to add, Ollie? Well, I didn't actually catch this game because Trav and I were at Club Redfern. Uh, shout out to that. Our, our coverage of Dan Payne's uh, book launch for Heroes of Yesterday, book two. So check that out. YouTube, Spotify, Facebook. You can see it in this feed. It'll, Instagram. It's in there. And you yeah. uh, had some great stories yeah. from Gary Jack and uh, Alan Fellow, who's one of yeah. the legends of the game um, as a bloke. Yeah, well, I did plan. I, I thought, okay, because I'm going to miss these games, I'll go back and watch them. And I did watch the – I felt like punishing myself, so I did go back <laughs> – and watch the Broncos Titans one, but honestly, at the end of this one, I looked at the score and I thought, 
Like, I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to prioritize this game as one. I'm going to go back because I, I <laughs> think I can sort of work out what happened. So, what's yeah. really good for that? Like I said, the KO minis or the Fox minis, if you've got them, um, they really they do it about 20 minutes. Well, I don't you, have KO purely because I've got Fox at home. Yeah, well, you can find them on there too. Why. They're on Fox, um, okay. but they you, you don't necessarily get the flow of the game as well, but you get mm. the, the important stuff enough of everything to understand it. Barney, what do you think of this game? And as a Sharks fan, like, where are they at? Oh, they're well behind the pace at the moment. Um, the first 40 minutes I was pretty happy with, actually. The the effort was pretty good. Um, they, the, It's the fundamental errors, as we've, as we've already touched on, and the first up defence, it's just not good enough. It's nowhere near first grade standard, and if you keep trotting that out every week, you're going to end up running last or close enough too. Um, the effort in the first half was good. The second half was just a whole different story. That was fucking pathetic, and I hated just about every minute of that <laughs> second half. Um, Hughes has absolutely come to life in the last yeah. three weeks or so, whatever it was, when I traded him to Gump in well, our <laughs> um, draft. I'll keep the chat till next but, half, but I actually I elevated. I bought him this week because I just mm. went turn around and said he's someone I want to get, but I'll talk about that next half. Yeah, he's added the, the running game into it, and it's been really good. Um, Harry, but you yeah. know, because he's got the hooker doing everything else. Yeah, Harry. It's like because really for him good. now, he can play like he did last year under Cameron Smith. He just gets that quicker ball with a bit of extra yeah. space because he can throw a twenty meter um, cut out, hit him on the chest, and yeah. have him running into a space when he's getting the ball, which is yeah mm-hmm. exactly what you want. Uh, a couple of injuries for the Sharks that just gassed them completely, but they were gone at half time. Um, Nakora worked really hard. Johnson was get Johnson and Townsend were both a little bit better than what they were the week before, but. They just couldn't. Con- they just couldn't contain the middle from the storm, and they just got um, run over up through that middle. And then they started spreading it wide and just pulled them apart. Uh, Remus Smith had an absolute day out <laughs> on the in the centres there. Yeah. Um, Hughes, Grant were pretty good. Uh, Remy Smith was really good and yeah Nakora was the best of the Sharks but there wasn't much else going on there um, Chambers was very average in his first game back um, made very little impact he, he had a few half decent runs but and Woods had probably the worst game he's had all year um, yeah. he just didn't seem interested different back in the the game uh, there's no point speculating and, and dragging out time, but it's like I, I'd be surprised if half this team's playing first grade by the end. Yeah, so I'd be surprised if some of these aren't either moved on early or they just start playing kids and getting them some five or six games under their belt to get them ready for next year. Uh, I'm saying mm, three points Nico Hines, two points Harry, one Kamakamika, but you could say Hughes, Munster, Hughes, Munster even Christian Walsh. Hines. Well, I had Hughes at three. I had Harry Grant with two, and I had one point for either Smith or Nakora. Okay. Well, I always seem to do, well, yeah, downgraded the tries. Maybe I should have given more respect to that. 40-point drubbing, I'm going through. Yeah, I think we need to have three from Melbourne. So, happy with Hughes. Hughes, Harry, Hughes, three. Give it the Hines, yeah. Hughes. Harry. Harry, Nico. How's that? Well, Nico, um, one line break, two line break assists, two try assists. Yeah. Uh, Harry, three line break assists, two try assists. And Hughes, I think, had a try and something else in there. Um a yeah, couple of those really tries from Harry were so soft, man. That middle defence yeah. around the post from the Sharks, it hasn't been good for years, and it does, it's not getting any better. Oh, he's just... <laughs> I did love... The I know he does pull them apart. No, but, but that they, they, they are soft. Um, but the little triple pump was, was very pretty, but I may also have a man crush. <laughs> just take the opportunity to give Steve from the Central Coast a shout-out. Uh, come up and say g'day. And South Coast. South Coast, this too, <laughs> Shell Harbour. What am I talking about? That way... Um, 
good mate of Baz's, so see how he can there. Yeah. He's up here doing a bit of work, so get, hope he gets home safe this weekend, enjoys the show. Uh, let's get into Brisbane 36, defeating the Titans 28, Barney. Yeah, <laughs> would have loved watching this one, didn't you, Ali? <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't you tip the Broncos. Don't you tip the Broncos. <laughs> Dickhead. Six oh. tries to five, five out of six conversions for the Broncos, four out of five. Oh, I like it how Ollie, as only this week, Ollie put up his 12-month anniversary of how much he loves us. Yes. It took him 12 months to finally call me a dickhead. <laughs> I salute you, Ollie. One out of one. Saving it for a special occasion. One out of one penalty goals for Brisbane. 84% completion played 94%. That doesn't seem right. I think it might have written that down incorrectly. 32 out of 38 sets. No, played 30 out of 32 sets. Six line breaks to four. 24 tackle bust to 29. 12 offloads played 13. Two force dropouts from each side. 303 tackles played 319. Two ruck infringements by the Broncos, five by the Titans. And both teams uh, had a set restart for inside the 10. Six line breaks to four. No, I'm going back over where I was. Three three penalties conceded by Brisbane and five by the Titans. Eight errors played five. There's a bin for the Titans. Hass made 36 tackles. Rain made 36 tackles. Oates with 199 metres. AJ with 218 metres. Sarko with 156 supercoach points, AJ with 91, and Mitch Rain with 84. Why don't you call him a dickhead when he stuffs up his stat? <laughs> GT's going to have to come up with some type of concept and record every time Barney stuffs up a stat. That no, he's got enough to do, GT. Maybe he doesn't, actually. It sounds like he doesn't have enough to do. It's the problem, but... Uh well, it was a game of well, not even it was a game of four quarters, I suppose, and Brisbane owned them in three of them. They, Absolute rollercoaster. Uh, here's the thing for Titans. Even though they're up 20, they don't play direct. Like, they, their hooker doesn't run forward. Their halves run side to side. Ashdale is lucky to run it all. Yeah. Uh, and AJ, at least he, he got a couple through the he ruck there. It too. was one of his best games. Of, it was, yeah. He had a, so good, game. a good game. 20 but. minutes, and, and he broke, busted a hole off the hook, you know, off the mm. dummy half, which is fine. But after that, um, I think Fafita had four runs in the whole first half. There's issues there. I think there's deeper issues than we probably realised. Brisbane, though, they took advantage of it. Uh, Izako was explosive, uh, given chance and time and space, which I guess maybe just showed his quality. Probably, obviously, his breakout game in first grade, really, for... For what he achieved for the for the night, Tyson Gamble's got a bit of mungle, showed a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if that helped Milford. Maybe a little bit is better, but the Brisbane forwards just started steamrolling, and the Brisbane backs followed them. Like they beat a, a pretty ordinary team in the second half. At least that was my takeaway. Do you have much to add? So Tyson Gamble, right? Since about what 2012, 2013, back then he was you know meant to be a bit of a prodigy, one of the better halves coming through the juniors. Uh, was at the Tigers for a bit. I think he even had a bit of time at Penrith. You know, never really lived up to it. But <laughs> nine years later, <laughs> decides to live up to his potential against the Titans. I mean, I just uh, that pissed me off a bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, but no, good, good on him. The, tig- the the Broncos may have actually found a a half, one of their halves for 2022. Oh, he's well and so, truly up for this game. So good on him. Um, but yeah, the Titans, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of where they go from here, which is a, a bit odd. Again, they're in that cluster, so if they if they don't cock up too much more, then hey, they might end up 7th or 8th. But for me, if they don't win two of their next three, which I'm actually tipping they won't, then they're in huge trouble, like big trouble. 
And, yeah, I mean, good on Brisbane. I, I've said before, and this is another annoying thing, you know, I've tipped, I've, I've sort of said to get more interest in the game, you know, I'd love to see sort of higher scoring games, more entertaining games for the mainstream and obviously upsets as well. You know, you've got to see upsets and a bit of a closer competition. And I said as long as it doesn't, it's not at my team's expense, but this weekend it was at my team's expense. So, yeah, I had a, had a jolly old time watching this one and that sort of just rubbed it in even more. Everything that could have gone wrong really did go wrong. It's, but I would say the 20-point lead after 16 minutes was something that went wrong because I'd rather Brisbane had just owned the whole game than than have that hope. While we were actually at Club Redfern, I was refreshing my phone. And I was thinking, how good's this? Every time I refresh my phone, the Titans have another six points. And then it started going the other way. I thought, okay, well, Brisbane are getting a couple here. And, yep. Barney, you're quite critical just then. What are you going to say on record? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that first 15 minutes, it looked like Brisbane were going to get beaten by 80. Like, yeah. As you said, the Titans were quite direct in that first 10 minutes or so. Um, they were playing back towards the post quite a bit. The um, uh, Fogarty had the ball on a string with a couple of nice little kicks in behind, which led directly to points. Um, Asako couldn't catch a ball for the first 10 or 15 minutes. He looked like he was going to get hooked after about 10 minutes. And then he just started to chime in on the back of, the, back of those halves and pushing into holes great and everything he's he in attack he was absolutely brilliant for the broncos for the next 60 minutes after that first 15 or 20 um gamble as we said he was he looked like he was up for it he's he's a scrapper i'm not sure you're going to get that kind of effort and desire out of him week after week after week but, um, but it's something in this game, i think that's something that kevy relates to and he'll be able to at least say right with, he's yeah. my boy i'm gonna well it's also uh, like who's better than him no, genuine, yeah, he's right. the best half there at the moment. He was aggressive. Yeah. He threw a couple of nice passes. He put a few guys into some nice holes as well. Um, yeah, Ash Taylor had one or two nice touches. He set up a try and then he just disappeared into the background again. He may as well have gone and sat down on the bench or fucking somewhere in the Which crowd. Which is odd because we usually get our one or sorry two good games out of Ash Taylor each year against <laughs> the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, but he, he may as well have gone and sat in the crowd and <laughs> cheered on the Broncos <laughs> realistically because he was, <laughs> he was doing more for the Broncos than what he was for the Titans for <laughs> a large part of that game. Uh, Fafita just didn't seem interested at all until there was about 20 minutes left and he thought, oh, fuck. I could get the match win and try here and then started having a crack. Um, Rain and Peachy were very good. Um, They were the best from the Titans. I'll add Fogarty to that. Um, He didn't really set too... uh, Didn't, you know, didn't miss too much. Um, He missed a few tackles, but that's a weekly thing with him and Ash Taylor. It's just halves get targeted and, you know, unless you're a really strong defensive half... A complaint you could have for nearly every... I'm not going to say every half because there are exceptions, but nearly every half in the competition, we seem to be saying, oh, yeah, they're great in attack, but they're poor in defence. Like, that... that just seems to be pretty much a, these days. Um, Mo was their best forward. Um, but you get the, the thing about that is that's it goes both ways. Is you know their biggest player is going to run at the half, so it's well exactly it's that feeds it into it. Is, it. Yeah. yeah, they get targeted. Um, it doesn't help. Their centers don't help their halves at all because their yeah. centers can't tackle and their halves can't tackle either. So <laughs> you just put put them standing them next to each other is just going to fucking create all sorts of problems. I, I still don't understand why you know, Tino obviously will help, but why they're not having the three big guns. Three Origin players starting each week. Yeah. Um, push Tino that Tino's pair back wider, now, isn't he? Or yeah, was he, he wasn't but, back but he's starting. Game, he's starting prop yeah. this week, which they're going back nah. to what they're doing. Play all three. Get them on the field. At least that gives you some some starch, and Tino can defer it. Play a, bit, a pair wider and help your centers out a bit. 
Hass and um, TPJ just absolutely owned yeah. this pack. Uh, Mo was good. He was strong for the, when he was out there. He was, yeah, the Titans' best forward. But Hass and TPJ, like um, Hass just did his work. He wasn't outstanding. Was He made Still a few, 176 few tackle meters busts. And, yeah. But can, he didn't dominate like he has against a few other teams. Yeah. But um, Pangai Jr. was destructive. He Actually, was busting holes. This year, he to was, date, you can argue he's been outstanding. That best player. He has well, he's been. been you can make an argument really. for it. Yeah. Well, remember last year, he just does damn. You didn't want to be there. And this oh, year, he looks like he wants to be there. Last year, I don't think there's been a game where you haven't noticed him. This year, he's been yeah. very destructive with the ball, but and he's been putting some shots on too. Um, mm. I, and I'm, and a couple, and he threw a beautiful cutout and a few other balls as well. Coming into this one, yeah. we sort of all ramped up for Fita saying he could score a thousand tries, but just going back to the first time they played each other, TPG made it his mission to come out and put shots on him, and he yeah. did it again in this one, yeah. and he rattled him a couple of times. Um, he was everywhere. I thought he was probably the best player on the field oh, behind Asako because he just yeah. cut him to shreds. Um, yeah, <laughs> what can you say? They gave away a match-winning lead after 15 minutes and just the defence on their edges, their centres and halves, there's, they need to do something there. I think yeah. Masters might help because he's probably one of the better defensive centres. But can get lazy though too. You can get lazy, yes. Yeah, we'll get to it, but the Titans aren't winning next week. <laughs> Let's get to that. Um, cool. We've probably spoken enough. I think the big takeaway is probably what we've said a bit is that I think if Brisbane play like they did for most of this game, they will beat the bottom half, the the bottom half of, yeah. these, of this comp. Yeah. They've got the firepower at least, even forward back alone. And if Izako is going to play like that each week, we've said it enough that golden era of fullbacks, but you need a fullback. And if he can chime in and do fullback things. That movie yeah. put on when he ran 70 metres. Yeah. Man, fuck, that was slick. But it's an amazing little bit of confidence. Like yeah. you just, all of a sudden you get your tail up and off you go. Um, here, two tries, two tries, his three line break assists, two line breaks. Um, good doubt, which gets him three points. I agree for TPJ two and Haas one. I think they probably led the way. Um, if you want to make a case for gamble, but I think no, that was nah, where it's at. Leave it with those three, I'm pretty sure. Panthers 28, Eagles 16, uh, up at Bathurst. Uh, much plucky Eagles, we'll say. Um, no pun yeah, intended. They put in an effort, yeah. but um, what did the stats say? Five tries to three, four out of five conversions for Penrith, and one out of three for Manly. Penalty to each side. Uh, sorry, one penalty goal for Manly. 71% completion played 77%. 30 out of 42 sets for Penrith and 33 out of 43 for Manly. Four line breaks to two. 35 tackle busts to 28. 14 offloads to 12. Uh, one force dropout for Penrith and three for Manly. 321 tackles by Penrith played 286 by Manly. Two ruck infringements played three. Both teams had one inside ten. Six penalties conceded by Penrith to three by Manly. Uh, Eleven errors played twelve. Appy with 38 tackles. Jake Trebojevic with 50. Two O with 233 metres. And Tommy Turbo with 206. Uh, Both the Penrith halves missed four tackles. Crichton missed three and made 11. Manly, there wasn't too much uh, there in the way. Uh, the halves missed nine between them, but that's the same as we say with most halves. Hapaseka actually missed five and only made 15. Mm. Supercoach points to O with 104, Martin with 78, and Morgan Harper with 76. I um, yeah, only watched the uh, the short version because I was out and about, but uh, so probably didn't do it justice. But look, felt to me like Manly were in the game for long enough. Um, but was that a bit of a... I think that Penner was more of a light thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. were definitely always in control. They never looked troubled. They did get tested at times mm. where they um, 
there was a, you know, obviously Manly's got a little bit of attack in them when they get go up and going. Um, but Penrith's forwards dominated the game pretty much the, the whole way through. And um, realistically, they sort of, when they took the foot off, Manly sort of put it on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Penrith were pretty much in cruise control for most of this game, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they're never overly troubled. Appy's warming up, but he's still a little bit behind the pace at the moment. Um, obviously coming back off an injury. Uh, same with Edwards. You could add him in there as well. Um, Fisher Harris was great. Martin was superb off the bench. He was he flew into that game and just two weeks in a row he's been one of the better forwards coming off the bench. Tuo just does what Tuo does, just keeps bashing it up the middle. Well, that first try, was, a, um, no, that was a very yeah, nice try. Amazing, and then he was involved. Yeah, the second one as well. But um, yeah. But, um, yeah, Jake and Tom were the best for Manly. Morgan Harper had a very good game, backing up from the week before. He had quite a good game as well. Is uh, Saab getting it together a little bit better now? Seems to be. Yeah. I think it helps having um, you know, a little bit more – the team's a little bit more settled now and they're yeah. actually getting some good ball out there. Yeah. Um, he still has his problems under the high ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not great. He's not the greatest under the high ball, but – um, it's just part of his game, I think. It's something for him to work on. Tapao was good. And Schuster and LOA were probably the best of the rest. But, yeah, I, do, I don't think Manly were ever really putting Penrith in danger of winning, like taking this game off Penrith. So, The game that really went to script, you could say Penrith's main concern would have been Tom Travojevic, who still managed to have a really good game. But, you know, what's that going to do against the whole Penrith side who... <laughs> One to seventeen, really. You know, you bring up Liam Martin; they were, they were on top of him. They, they, they were in control the whole time. Again, it's one of those things where, if Penrith wanted to, they probably could have put a few more points on him. Didn't need to, didn't want to, so they didn't. But they, they never have. There's a couple of opportunities that Manly did snuff out. Like there was a couple of times Martin and Luai had. Uh, sorry, uh, Luai and. Um, Who's young bloke in the centres there? Burton had some good ball and were almost yeah, well in, that, yeah, and they got cut yeah. down. But well, I'm not saying Penrith would have flogged them as in you know, oh they they could have put forty on them if they wanted to, which Penrith probably could have against a couple of teams this year. But I, I, they I, I think they could have won like yeah. by a bit more. But they sort of yeah, they they took it back a bit. And but that's how Penrith have been for eighteen months. Now. Yeah, well that's they're happy the, just to go. They, they don't need to week. win by forty. Yeah. They're happy to win by twelve. Well, they get the yeah. control and then they yeah. let. Cleary just keep the control. Yeah. Just push them around the field and yeah. get them to their positions. The, yeah. the, the only real other takeaway I'll say is Penrith have <laughs> peak. Penrith aren't at their best yet. Appy's just come back. Yeah. Uh, Crichton's only just gone back to his preferred position and in, uh, he obviously got a try out of it, but he's not got himself together this year out of position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dylan Edwards only just came back, so they're actually going to get better. And the whole pack really hasn't fired at once. No, like if that whole pack all fires Apart at the same from Fish time, Fish never has a bad game, but no, the rest he, he he's been a one man band a couple of times. Fish Harris, um, yeah, I, that, that's a scary thought for me. Is that Penrith haven't yet peaked? Uh, I'm saying, tell me if I'm wrong here, but let's just to start somewhere. Three to Edwards, two to two o, one to either Fish or Cleary. But, um, uh, maybe Martin. I had One. fish for three, mm-hmm. two for Martin because I thought he changed the momentum. Like Manly yeah, were no, starting to drag, like hey, drag back. You into saw the, the full eighty, so actually, I'll say to you, and but he you came are, back there, and yeah. then I had the one point for either Cleary or Tuo, and that's. You know. All right, three to fish, two to Martin, and one to uh, Tuo. Yeah, which 
he's once again clear on top for next week for the Dagiums because yeah. he had to score no points and Fafita score three points. We do need to uh, we do need to work out whether we're going behind closed doors or not. Well, it, I don't want it to become a <laughs> like a knowing who's in top to affect how we might possibly give points. Not but but we're right. we're still going to know even if we take it behind no, closed doors. GT doesn't have to tell us. That's true. Yeah. But you could. Uh, it's just at the moment because I know he's on top. It's like, well, he just has to score one point this week and he's that's in. That's what I mean. Like and that's why only... You don't want to not give really it to him or you don't want to do give it to him for the sake. Anyway, if it right. gets that close, we'll... Whatever. What do you think? I would have given it to Cleary just um, for game management. But, um, yeah, 2 over one point's fine with me. But in um, terms of behind closed doors... Yeah, round, if you're going to do it, you need to do it probably eight weeks out, though. I'd say round... Let's go round, uh, round 13, halfway. Sure. And then GT, you're in chat. You're the uh, kingmaker after that. I'll go 15, 10 rounds Whatever. to go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Probably have time. Uh, all right. Parramatta 32 defeated the Bulldogs 10. Uh, this was one that was to script, I suppose. Uh, Barney? Yeah, so two tries for the Dogs, six for Parramatta. Uh, one out of two conversions played four out of six. 79% completion played 71% completion. 33 out of 42 sets and 30 out of 42. Two line breaks for the Dogs, seven for Parramatta. 20 tackle busts played 38. Eight offloads to nine. A force dropout for Parramatta. 382 tackles to 345 for Parramatta. Two ruck infringements played three. Two inside the 10 for both teams. Three out of three penalties conceded by Canterbury and five by Parramatta. Uh, 10 errors played 14. Smith with 49 tackles. Mahoney with 47. Kotrick with 100. And, or Kod, however you want to say. However he wants what us to say now? his name. Co- uh, Cockridge. 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 164 metres. Well, Gutho well, with 261. Hopper missed five tackles and made 14. Paulo missed four and made 18. Um, Gutho with 140 supercoach points. Papa... Uh, Papali'i with 125, Sivo with 99, and Waddell with 71. It's a complete shutout in the first half to Parramatta. They just uh, dominated this game through the middle, on the edges, wherever, whatever part of the field you wanted to talk about. Uh, the momentum swung back the Bulldogs' way, I thought, probably about 25, 30 minutes in, and it came off the back of uh, Renu Fatoni and um, Sia Manafanai. Is mm-hmm. his name, isn't yeah, it? Sia Manafanai. Yeah. He was tremendous coming back. Another actually. tiger, it's another Tiger. Second game back, or was that, was, was that his yeah, first? Second. Yeah, second. But he was tremendous up in the middle. Um, Thompson, again, just got through, did did his work. Um, yeah, the dogs have got problems. Um, they're scoring us a few more points at the moment, but it's still, it's not going to be anywhere ne- enough to compete with these kind yeah. of these kind of teams when they come up against these guys. They might eke out a few more wins between here and the end of the season, but they, they, they just struggle too much, dude. Like, even though, like, you look at some of the teams that are getting blown off the park, there's times where they look like they can score points, but this Bulldogs time, team, there's large parts of the game where they don't look threatening at all with the mm. ball in the hand, and... Unfortunately, yeah, you, you watch Bulldogs games and just go, oh, this is nice, they've made 60 metres, but it won't matter because there's going to be a seven-tackle set and they'll be back down there. And, yep. uh, yeah, just... They just don't do, do they just anything exist. with the ball. They're, like, yeah. they're not bad, they're, they're not good, they're just there. Uh, that's Which I suppose makes yeah. them bad, doesn't just, it? Um, <laughs> but they're just there. Like, they're not defensively bad, they're well, just boring and there. They're just not creative in, in yeah. attack enough. And it, it, it's 
obviously, right, if you're a team who's making 100 errors a game, well, it's easy, easy for a coach to say, hold the effing ball. But if you're just not being creative enough, like, what do you, what do you say, get more creative? It, that's a lot harder to sort of drum into these mm. players' heads because, yeah, they're just so... But, so, yeah, it's boring. We're, we're broken it's records, just, but yeah. the thing is, next like year... Like, the they, injury hurt them, but... But even throwing Burton and Adokar into that team... They need two second rollers and they need... They need half a pack. Yeah, they need a half a pack yeah. and a hooker at the end of the day. And that's assuming Fox is going to play one and Burton's going to play six or seven. A good hooker could get a couple of these blokes over the advantage line that little bit more yeah. and sort of bump up the stats from the forwards. Um, but they need at least two decent back rowers yeah. and and a hooker You'd at think at, least. at this point they're probably going to end up signing Brandon Smith... Because I personally can't, maybe the Titans, but apparently they've signed Daryl Clark from Warrington. Yeah, but you know what? They, they get so to the end of the end. If Bellamy stays, Smith will go, you know what? I'm going to stay again. Like, play small just, forward. Like, yeah, same as well, Nico Hines. He, he you say, oh, he should start. go play here and there. No, and but he, he, he goes, oh, happy to it's play already confirmed eight. that he's leaving Melbourne, though. That's the thing. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Anyway, Has um, it been confirmed though. It had, <laughs> Nothing no, like a backflip. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know. If he plays he, the rest he, of the he, year, he if they win the comp and he plays lock eighty minutes at lock for the rest of the year, he's probably happy. The, the- they won the premiership last year, and he was playing in the Fords, and he came out afterwards because yeah, he wants to be a yeah, starting. Yeah, but when they actually sit, when he actually sits down and goes, "Oh, okay, I can go play for Bulldogs and run ninth. Oh, you know Kiwis I mean? are probably still going to pick him as yeah. starting hooker. Yeah, that's right. I, I know, but he wants to start as hooker week in week out. He's at his club. He probably thinks I am the New Zealand hooker. I'm good. Well, he enough. could probably start thirteen for Melbourne week in week out if he just turned around and did it. He could. Yeah. It's probably also a bit of a monetary thing, like. Yeah, I think a hooker makes maybe. a bit more money too. Um, what do you say? You, you can't have much more about Parra. I think Parra are a better team than they were last year. Uh, yes, I think they've ironed out some chinks, and obviously their their signings. The big thing I've said it again is they've got the two best centre combination, well, the one best centre combination they can have. I really like Nikore and Opachik, mm-hmm. and Papali coming in gives them an extra explosive forward instead of a. Well, they are looking better than they did the second half last year. To me, at the yeah. moment, they're still just about as good. It's just that they're playing a bit of a different style. Yeah, but look but what Papa, like, Papa he adds to that team. And last year, that Andrew David doing it, who adds, who's a, a, yeah, a, a well, respectable like, workhorse, like, but he's not. Last year, Junior Paulo was your, your main forward. You know, Paulo hasn't woken up yet this year. Well, exactly. That so was him last year. He's more right. the Paulo yeah. this year, and Gutherson's just there. And it's Gutho's sort of, playing. Gutho is playing as good as he ever has. His exactly. support play like is incredible. Year. His ball yeah. play is incredible. His speed. He's everything to that team. I'm still a VP, and if he goes down with an ACL, like you said, that they're they're still pretty screwed. I probably agree. They're starting to kick at the they're line still, as well. Yeah, um, it's just, I'm not sold because of what we've seen. The only one missing now is, is Dylan Brown's a bit lost because Gutho's. Dylan Brown has been very lost this year. I don't think there's like last year. Pretty much every second game, there'd be some sort of highlight of yeah. him flashing through the line or putting guys away, and I don't think I've seen it at all this well, year. In terms honest. of a back, other than Gutho, he was probably their best player last year yeah. uh, as a back. Yes. This year, I know it's more a spine player, but it's Marnie. Um, yeah. And it's interesting to see if he... I, I just... And that direct they, play, gonna, but that direct play from Marnie's making Gutho more involved they, as opposed to... They've nearly sold me on edge. as a top four side, but I, I'm still confident they will not win the Premiership. I, I am the first the to bag power every year, and I actually really like watching this team play, and maybe it's because of various man crushes, but um, they get to finals. they're a better team than last year, and they've still got to prove that exact box, but they won't be able to prove that until... I, I know, but the thing another, is as well... September. It, it, I know they've... Beat, and they've got, a, they've, got a, they've got a contest this week. Yeah, and they beat... 
Melbourne earlier this year, but I still honestly think the next time they face a Melbourne or when they come up against Penrith. Yeah, that's different the, gravy. The, the, the but class is going to... got East this week, and it's a reduced East, but it'll be a... They're going to have to earn it, and we'll know more this week. Uh, any thoughts there on Parabar? Oh, mate, they've got a couple of those. Uh, the younger fellas, like Oregon Kafusi, starting to really push mm. and make a name for himself. Um, Papa Lee, he's gone from... the. 50% of uh, people that follow NRL wouldn't have known who he was last year, I don't think. Like, he had a couple of really nice games for the Warriors, but you barely heard his until the trials this game. Name. I mean, who's this bloke? Wow. And I've had a bit of a watch on him just because I saw a few things that he did, and obviously, super coach-wise, he does have games where he breaks out and scores tries and all the rest of it, but this year, he's been, he'd be close to the best back rower in the comp yeah. running around at the moment. Yep. Like, he just... Barges and over people, offloads. Um, he, How good is that tries history? Put he, he actually put Guthrie through the hole. And yeah. no, nah, you know what? You have it instead. It's just, um, yeah. But, um, Nathan Brown injured. He's, yeah, he's, he's named this week, he's but named a hip injury. This week? Okay. He's probably on the outer now, I guess. It, it looked bad well, when it happened. He didn't but, want to get up, did yeah, he? No. Yeah, reports are true that Parra is still stuffing around with Mitch Moses and the whole Brisbane situation. Apparently, Brown feels a bit neglected that they haven't got to him yet because they're so focused on Moses, so he might slip slip through the way. I don't think he's as good as yours. He's the one that actually is probably a little bit down as well. Paulo's fallen off a fair bit over yeah. the last probably three to four weeks. Um, if he gets back to his best form, you've got Bryce. Uh, Cartwright's had two pretty decent I'll, games I'll, in a row. And right, if he we've keeps we've up, always been the first to bag him, but how good was he again this week? No, oh, mate. If he keeps Contesting up this form, form yeah. they're definitely a push for the um, push for the very pointy end of the season, yeah. 100%. Well, I saw um, on Bryce Cartwright, actually, David Riccio was on NRL Tonight, and he, it was a throwaway comment, but he said Cartwright's already getting a couple of nibbles from rival clubs. Mm. So Probably deservedly so. We all, we all did stay, say at the start of the season, there's a bottom dollar pickup. If he gets anywhere near the form that he yeah. left Penrith in, it, it, which was yeah, a long people, time ago. Yeah, people are getting good. Yeah. yeah. He was a tremendous back rower when he left Penrith. Yep. And, you know, if he gets anywhere near that, there's a well, brilliant he's not for Madison actually probably has to re-earn his spot very soon if, if he's not, because he's going to be knocking the door down. Kofusi, he, was for, he was decent Kof, enough. Kofusi's been, um, yeah, like I said, great. Mm. Um, and yeah, Brown hasn't had the impact he probably had last year, but maybe not necessarily in, in the same situation. I think Sean Lane will probably go before Madison does, but... Obviously, no, I definitely 100 percent. What happens there? But they'd be happy. They still got Keegan Hipgrave sitting in in reserve grade. Yeah, um, and see, that's he might not no, get, uh, get a go. No, well, that's Just part of this way. part of the reason um, why I'm a bit down on power as well. You name all these forwards who aren't standing up. It's the Papali'i show at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like how how come how long can that last? I'm sure he's going to keep yeah, having great works, individual works, yeah. performances. Yeah, but he, he can't be the only one consistently every week doing it because there will come a, a breaking point. But I'm not implying he is. RCG's still a workhorse, still does what he That's does. True. Can't say he's, you know. Madison was solid. Um, there's no way that Paulo's going to keep going the way he's going unless no, he's carrying right. some sort up. of injury. Yeah. Um, Lane can be rocks and diamonds. Um, but, yeah, Cartwright seems to be coming up. There's, there's not much to knock about Paramount. No, I can't knock anything. And even Mitch has been okay. You, you know, this week's this week's the test for him again. Are you playing East, so we'll find out. I'm saying three to Gutho. Is it that hard to work out? 100%. Two to Papalihi, and you can pick your Sevos or your Marnie. <laughs> That's exactly where I went as well. <laughs> I'll be the, the the breaking vote then. I'll go Marnie. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. I, I, I prefer sort of uh, yeah, the just giving him for, for tries. Yeah. Like, yeah. But All Sivo's right. woken up and decided he no, he can can run over the top of people, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Um, 
Rooster 38, Knights 4. Well, this was um, yeah. a very average. We don't have to spend too long here, do we? Perhaps saying Newcastle are atrocious. Uh, they, you can do some stats and then I'll tell Yeah, so them. one try for Newcastle, seven for the Roosters. Uh, Newcastle missed their conversion, obviously. Five out of seven for the Roosters. 83% completion from both teams. 35 out of 42 sets for both teams. Three line breaks to six. 21 tackle bust by Newcastle, 30 by the Roosters. 11 offloads played 15. Uh, Newcastle forced two dropouts. 374 tackles played 340 from the Roosters. Uh, one ruck infringe, uh, Three ruck infringements by Newcastle, one by the Roosters and uh, three given away for inside the 10 by the Roosters. Two penalties conceded by Newcastle and five by the Roosters. Eight errors to nine. Frizzell made 45 tackles. Satili with 34. Uh, Bradman Best with 147 metres. And Tupo with 270 metres. Mm. Probably one of his better games this year. Uh, Ponga missed three tackles and made two. Uh, Musgrove missed five and only made nine tackles. <laughs> On, on the wing there for Newcastle. Walker with 163 supercoach points. Tapao with 102. And then there was four other players before you got down to Frizzell on 72 supercoach points. Now, we've said the Newcastle edges. We've always bagged the Newcastle edges. Well, the last few weeks we were saying they're bad. Like, they're not good. They just got absolutely torn to shreds. And it the centres, yeah. Because... And that's what I'm not gonna. I'm not knocking Sam Walker, but a capable half just was able to pick and choose where he wanted to go. But you had a kid, you had an eight year old kid kicking left foot, right foot, cut out balls, rainbow balls, inside balls. Unless he's Andrew Johns, there is serious defensive issues. Maybe he's Andrew Johns to be honest, because he's doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> but um, that they, they were embarrassing, and what they're actually doing, like Bradman best missed five tackles, I think, like. They're actually dragging the better players to their level because best looked like a just a he could end up just another Stafford Tower in a year's time, except he's big if he keep if they keep going this way. Um, yeah, but he's trying to um, he's also trying to come in and do Blake Green's work on the yeah, inside right. of him, which so doesn't help. They, um, uh, I can't and you you touched on it last week about Mitchell Pierce, but like Mitchell Pierce wouldn't have made a difference in this game. This was there are serious issues. I can you know. We've talked enough about Aiden, uh, Aiden O'Brien, Adam O'Brien over over the season, but the Knights are shot. The Knights are gone. I can't tip them again this year. And You will. I probably will because I'll probably play <laughs> the Titans or something. Um, oh. The one I've, the thing I've been calling for uh, was the – what what it's really, really good how Robbo spoke, but afterwards basically he's going, I've got a kid here that wants to play both sides of the field. So instead of stopping him, I'll just go do what you want. <laughs> so this. he went looking for Crichton, which he did in the trial games, which I've talked about. And all of a sudden there was points there. Crichton loved it. He could pop a ball out the back knowing he's there. He could put uh, – you've got, you got a, a – well, Arguably the best second row in the game, if not top five, willing to chase grubbers or, or put you through holes. Yep. It was Crichton's best game all year. Uh, again, when you're playing against geeks, it probably helps. But <laughs> um, that was scary and, and, and promising for the future because there's still issues at, at East, obviously, um, injury-wise. Very sad what happened to Morris. Very sad what happened to Lindsay Collins when they finally you know, can finally take a springboard off somewhere. There's still something to chop them down. Good signs. Um, two very good players played very good football, uh, and alongside a very good backline, Joey Manu, more than capable fullback. We've talked about like that enough. Two hundred twenty-five meters, seven tackle busts. Like yeah. <laughs> the bloke seems to suit fullback yeah. more than he does the centers. Hundred percent. So oh, maybe by the end of this year, we will get the Teddy at six and him at one, and 
there'll be a chance. I still think Easts can finish top four, even yeah, with yeah. injuries. 100%. Uh, what do you they've shown yeah. their resilience over the last um, probably three to four weeks mm. when they've had every right to throw games away when they did. Yeah. Um, Tupanua was good too, as the other one I mentioned. He was um, really good that you hadn't mentioned already. Barney, anything else? I As you said, Crichton um, had a brilliant game. So did Satili Tupanua. He was um, back to the form that he was showing at the back end of last year when he um, started to make a name for himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had, out this um, week. He's out this week. <laughs> no. From the Knights, um, Braley and Mann were basically the only two that sort of mm. popped up on my radar. Uh, Mann's been ex- uh, really good since Pierce has gone, uh, since he's come back from his injury. Um, well, he was really good last year. Back too. end of last year, yeah, he's. Um, he makes quite a few tackle busts. He's, I think he'd probably end up suiting maybe that 13 role if they can yeah. find someone to play six um, as a hard-running back row with a bit of ball skills. But um, Swap him and Watson. Well, I was yeah, going to say, they possibly. shifted Watson to lock so they could play man at yeah. six. Yeah. Because when man came up playing not a lot of nine, so he can tackle, he, he can yeah. do that stuff. And, um, yeah, Braley's... Is this exactly what we said about Newcastle last year? Like, Kurt Mann has a go and everyone else... Yeah, Braley has a crack. Frizzell's probably been... Oh, well, he's been their best pickup, obviously, yeah. and he has a crack every week as well. It's not often that he doesn't, but as you as you mentioned, their centres, man, they've got some serious problems in uh, defending those edges with the centres and the uh, and the and their halves. It's very similar to what you see out of the Titans. As soon as you get someone running on to running strong lines at their centres and their halves, they. It very rarely stop them. Yeah. Well, you look at the first two rounds of the season. Newcastle's forward pack was just monstrous. Oh yeah, like they could yeah, not yeah. be stopped. Like especially in that game against the Bulldogs, Safidi, Clemmer. Like I think 100%. they'll bump over 150 run meters if I'm not wrong. Yeah. If like what's happened though? Because it, it was the forward pack really as a whole. Like none of them really had a bad game. Those two are on their way to playing themselves out of Origin. Exactly. I like, think. what's happened to them? Because now... So if they're not playing bad, though. That's just the thing. The, yeah. But the thing just, is, if they no, put I in a bit more of that... I, I'm, also, yeah. I'm also saying the Ford pack as a whole. It's just those two are probably your lead men. But, yeah, if we get any semblance of those first two rounds, possibly in this game, they, they don't win, but they put up a bit more of a challenge. Mm. I think I've already said it two or three times this year. I don't think O'Brien has any idea what to do with no. his bench players. I think Ooh. he just wants to play his 13 for 80 minutes, and that's it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's got any idea what to do with the rotation I'm, from the blokes coming off the bench. I'm thinking he might not be at Newcastle next year if stuff like this continues and they don't make the eight. Like, I think it's starting to show. I guess the myth that I brought up at the start of the year that I thought he he was a little bit. If Newcastle sack him, he won't get another to, job. Yeah, well, again, you had two thing, blokes on the bench that got one got 15 minutes, another got 16 minutes. Like, it's not given. You're not giving your big boys enough time to no. get their breath back in him like 10 or 15 minutes isn't enough but he was still a bit last year he, was, he had a bit of a because last year remember Saifidi was just swapping for his brother and mm. they were playing 40 each and they were just clones well it was alright the first two rounds it seems probably possibly as a reaction uh, as to how good yeah, Saifidi's and Clemens were going that he thought oh well I need to play him for more minutes but don't fix what he's broke now you you keep putting Newcastle in that middle clump. They're not there. They're down. For with you, the, you think they're gone? They're, they're down with the Bulldogs. I don't need to talk about it anymore. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm. No, not as, smart. as someone who they might beat the Bulldogs, far, but they're down with the Dragons, but, and I put yeah. them down there. As someone who, for the past three or so years, has been. Um, <sighs> has been, let's just say, criticised for riding Newcastle off too early in a year no, and usually getting think. proven right. No, that's a that's a, a, a nice breath of fresh air, if you will. Well, what are you going to... Yeah. Tell me one upside. 
They've got a Queensland fullback. Kalen Ponger, if he puts yeah. in an effort, that might be yeah. the Bulldogs. They'll come up against a shit team and beat them. Barnett, Frizzell, um, yeah. Jaden Braley. But... Who would you back tomorrow? Who would you back this weekend if Brisbane were playing against you? That those two forward backs. Oh, Brisbane at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Desmond. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying three to Walker, two to Crichton, one to uh, either you, Manu or Tupanua. Uh, two. I'd go two. I'd go Tupo. Cool. All right. I thought that was Tupo's best game. Yeah, I agree. Year. And that brought, and Supercoach wise, he's well. I've got him in draft, but he's back on the radar a little bit soon. I think. Warriors 24, Cowboys 20. Of all the games that I thought was a flattering scoreline, I think this might have been the one. Um, but I suppose Cowboys are right. By any, what do the stats tell us? Sorry, okay. Four oh, tries apiece. No, no. <laughs> four tries apiece, three out of four conversions for the Warriors, and two out of four for the Cowboys, and a penalty goal to the Warriors. 76% completion from New Zealand and 83% from the Cowboys. 29 out of 38 sets played, 30 out of 36. Seven line breaks to the Warriors, three to the Cowboys. 30 tackle busts played, 13. 17 offloads played, seven. Now, there's one forced dropout by the Cowboys. Two ruck infringements played one. There's one inside ten given away by the Cowboys. One penalty conceded by the Warriors and six given away by the Cowboys. Twelve errors from the Warriors played six from the Cowboys. Egan with 49 tackles. Hess with 38. RTS with 225 metres. And Valentine Holmes with 170 metres. Drinkwater missed five out of 30 tackles and made 30. Felt missed three and made six. Uh we got Nakora with 112 supercoach points, RTS with 112 supercoach points, and Tuolangi with 96 supercoach points. What did you take of the game? It got pretty messy, this one. Um, the, the, neither team were clinical. Uh, there was a lot more points that were left out there than I, I thought than what were actually scored. Yeah. This could have been like 40 played 42 or something I, like that. But yeah. I thought, well, I thought, Second half, and I was I was up here on, after a long weekend, so maybe I saw it differently. But um, Cowboys, for, to me, felt like they had half our possession in that second half. Out of yeah, well, and then the three times Warriors got the ball, they should have scored every time. And one was a Walsh breakaway where he sort of yeah. snuffed it. There was another breakaway where it got dropped. It could have been to me. It could have been forty played eight, and and Cowboys okay. are very flattered. Yeah. But way to possession has to count. And Cowboys had a lot of ball. I didn't necessarily convert, but when they scored, I thought it was just the walls breaking after so long. Um, RTS back to fullback or duh. What a player. Um, <laughs> I could have coached that. But Reese Walsh is obviously a star in the making. Yeah. He should stay at six now. Very big call to make this week of Chanel on the horizon. Okay, he's um, come back in. He's isn't? named extended bench this week, but they reckon he's pretty close. Uh, he, but the, the, I wouldn't be touching this. Nicarima just rendable. Uh, yeah, Walsh did all the cooking. Nicarima rendable is tremendous. It was a combo that could easily tear some teams apart if they get it right. He's got some very nice touches in him, that young um, kid. So I thought all three exciting. Reese Walsh could have had three tries, this and three tries. Everything stuck and it didn't. But he's not. He, he's not afraid. He kicked. For, I think he kicked for four hundred and forty meters or something as well. So he took on everything really. Um, again, another one. It's been said, but Brisbane let him go. But when Cohen Hess is your best forward mm. in your team, there's a few questions to be asked, I'm pretty sure. Well, but I, he seems to have slotted into that front row role. It's, it's, at least it's just giving him one row. job, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I thought Robson was their best again. Yeah. He's, he's, he's their best player. And um, geez, they're onto something with Curran. 
he's a yeah. beast. There was one broken field play where he just uh, they end up getting a, they end up kind of taking it back, but he appeared out of nowhere and he was just like a grizzly bear yeah. and just went, nah, this this play is over. <laughs> and I thought I, I'm starting to really like him as well. Um, have I read this whole game wrong, boys, or am I on the right track? Well, Colin? I sort of thought by the end of it that the Cowboys were unlucky not to get the win in the end, and, and, and it was their own fault because they had the momentum. The Warriors were gassed by the end of that. They, but that like, that goes back to the half hour. Yeah. I think. Gen- I, not, I don't. Oh, you'd, you'd be able to tell me, Barn, but it generally felt like. Cowboys had the ball that whole second half. Yeah, pretty much the whole they second did. half. And a yeah. couple of times, yeah, the Warriors did have it. They, they should have scored. Made those break. They yeah. probably should have scored. I think they did get one. But, yeah, it, the Cowboys pretty much lost the game, which which is a bit weird, um, to put it that way, when the Warriors were leading by so much in the first half and the Cowboys had to come back. But really, the Cowboys, as I said, yeah, the Warriors were absolutely gassed in defence. In, in attack, they still looked all right when they did have the ball. But, yeah, uh, the, the Cowboys really should have got it done in the end and they didn't, ran out of time. Yeah, I think the Warriors probably could have had a few more minutes out of blokes like Jazz Tavunga and Sirenen off mm. the bench, which could have given them a little bit more of that, you know, a um, little bit more energy at the back end of this game. Yeah. It's, um, Tom Alolo was underwhelming. So was uh, the, ben, I think it's Ben Condon in the back row there for the Cowboys. Um, they, they pretty much got dominated by the Warriors forward pack. I thought the Warriors forward pack pretty much owned them and it was just through lack of um, cohesion and finishing realistically that, the, as you said, the Cowboys, uh, the Warriors probably should have skipped away by about 12 or 14 points. I don't think they should have beaten them 40 to 8. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I accept but my point stands. I think it could have been, yeah, something like 40 to 25, 28 or something like that because Cowboys bombed one or two as well. But um, there's some good signs there with um, Valentine Holmes is does seem to continue to improve. Um, he, he, he offers something there. Um, obviously, he needs a bit more help from his halves to get him into some better positions on the field. Well, we talk about Origin, he's going to be the Origin winger. You would think, think so. so. And they could yeah. almost go AJ the other wing, really. Tohu Harris coming back from a week off was um, tremendous for the for the Warriors. Ben Murdoch Masillo looks like another pretty damn good buy from from yeah. bringing him back over from. Gets a try every uh, week. He's, oh man, he's super strong. He's and he's they a get big boy and, and they get the rest of their bodies around. back this week. They get the other reinforcements this week too. Um, the other injuries they had. Well, Jazz played off the bench this week, didn't he? But they, they get another couple that have been. As you mentioned, I think Walsh and oh, Nikarima look like there's a there's something there and as a combination. Um, if they both get up and running and uh, start and everything sticks, they could um, they put a lot of points on someone real quick, but. Uh, there's a few questions in the centres and the and the and the uh, wingers from both sides. Realistically, um, they've got some good players there, but they've got a bit. You know, there's a few handling issues, and um, the play seems to sort of break down the wider that they go on the field from from both teams. But yeah, Robson was the Cowboys' best by a mile. Both Warriors wingers are still pot plants. I maintain that. My mile will get better, but yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we had the the young fella in there that um, I think it was his first game. Edward Cossey on the wing, but Pompey um, Pompey is a good player. I said he it, looks the good. He's, he's got some good getting good feet. More time body. he plays, the, the yeah. better he gets every week. I think. But RTS is just oh, yeah. mate. He's been so good this year. It hasn't been funny. Even the game on the wing where he was out of position, he still played okay. Yeah. Um, and that that's been his worst game all year was when he played okay. Yeah. Uh, he just does things that it, not many players an, can do. It's an understated tragedy that he's going to Union it is. Uh, because he's peaking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess we'll see what happens next year. But I, I couldn't imagine he's there too long. He probably is two years into the World Cup and come back. Yeah, maybe. But but we don't know how he's going to come back as well. 
Yeah, I know. True. true. <laughs> uh, Ollie, anything to add? Not really. I, I guess I'll kick us off with the um, with how I would go for the DAGM votes. I'd go Good. probably Good. RTS 3, Curran 2, Walsh 1. I was really impressed with Curran to the point where I was like, should should I give him three? Like, No, I had him... I had Walsh and Curran the other way around, but I'm I absolutely happy with that. Val would have been the other... Val and Robson were the one point if you had I would have gone Curran in front of... Walsh, I would, I would yep. I'd go exactly the way that Ollie went. To then the let's honest. go that way. Dragons eight, lost to the Tigers sixteen. Uh, Barney, where's the fist pumps? One try to three. Oh, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> zero, that zero. bike owes you a beer from yeah, um, on Sunday. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, I know his name. I introduced himself. Uh, yeah, Dragons, mate, that always sits behind us. One try to the Dragons, three to the Tigers. I know who I'm talking about. Zero out of one conversions for Probably the Dragons. Probably follow the Bulldogs. Two out of 13 for the Tigers. Two out, two penalty goals for the Dragons. Uh, and a missed penalty goal from the Tigers. 67% completion for the Dragons and 84 for the Tigers. 24 out of 36 sets played 36 out of 43. Uh, Tigers with 150 plus post contact meters more than what the Dragons could offer on this in this game. Uh, one line break by the Dragons, seven by the Tigers. 16 tackle bus played 45 tackle bus from the Tigers. Five offloads to 19. One force dropout by the Dragons and three by the Tigers. Uh, one ruck infringement played two. Uh, Eight penalties conceded by the Dragons and four by the Tigers. Twelve errors played 11. McCulloch with 54 tackles. Twile with 35. Max Guy with 170 metres and Dane Laurie with 173. Hunt missed 11 tackles and made 14. Bird missed four and made 18. Supercoach points were 119 for Laurie, 83 for Dewey. Two other players before you got down to Josh Maguire from the Dragons with 65 Supercoach points. See, Lead us away, Fetus. Oh, you look at me. I was just going to say it's the first bad game the Dragons have had this year, really. We were talking last week about, you know, how the Dragons have played and they really hadn't had a bad game, even in defeat, since that charity shield. But Their defence uh, was woke. They were guess abysmal. A bit of a, yeah, they were well, disgusting. I was going to say, yeah, t- they to this were point. embarrassing. I was surprised that the error count was so close because it felt like every time they had the ball, they cocked up. They were versus uh, the Tigers, though. That is true, but uh, which is more <laughs> of the point. Yeah. I, yeah, the Tigers did not improve that much in a week. The Dragons went that far backwards. What does that mean for next week? Do we stick to prior form or are the Dragons gone? They've lost their big guns now. Uh, well, they've lost one of their big guns, lost a few other very important guns. Um, well, Hunt was well and that. truly off the pace. Hunt I think probably is two weeks be, too early. Yeah, at least a week. And But they just had nothing. They Josh McGuire tried hard. <laughs> they put it, put it, it this way. They're, they're still they lost that game, simple as that. What can I say? They were terrible. They'd still beat a Newcastle, probably still beat the Titans at the way. So, 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 point, so I still think. So off that logic, are you giving kudos to the Tigers, or are you just saying had a bad day and we forget about this? Well, game the Dragons. That, put it this way: the, the players who have been stepping up for the Tigers thus far throughout the season, when they've been playing well, did did step up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I love the Laurie-Dewey combo. Yeah. Like that's well, the, how the club should be building There's two of them it. right there. Yeah. They're the two having a crack. Uh, obviously, Luciano, he had a few more errors putting in than he usually does, but he was probably trying too hard. Um, but they they looked at their best when they were playing straight and direct and, do, and Laurie was looking for holes. Uh, I saw Tamo came out this week and said, it's time Dewey captains the team. Like, 
runs a team and Brooks just yeah. floats around, and that's fine if everyone's happy. I think Makes that's I think that's Brooks, Brooks has wanted that all along because he said how sad he was when <laughs> Benji went last year, which no, which isn't a dis- that's actually not a disrespect for him. But he can if he can just be a Tyrone Peachy type. For it's lack probably of a better Brooks' analogy. best game of the year. Yeah, though. and maybe that's maybe that plays into it. Um, you just leave Brooks out the back, and he doesn't have to worry about. He just chimes in when he calls for the ball. Um, but if you know, they're all positives. Simpkins uh, could take those couple of forward passes out early. Um, yeah. Had a pretty good game. They've bought Little in this week. I think that's a good move, and I'll probably play him as a, a back for one of them. Play lock for a bit, like they were doing a bit with Harry Grant and him last year. That's. That's fine. Joffa's Joffa was better at lock. It was so, so they looked so much better with Twal back at prop, and uh, often Gowie's going to throw actually pass a ball, uh, playing a bit, playing uh, the lock position. Tamo had his best game for us, I thought. Um, again, this is all against mediocre opposition, but Tamo looked pretty good. And the, the story, the other great story is uh, Zaxini. Uh, and Hawes was one of the one of the guys from the Great Games Hotel. Josh Horan, good guy, uh, was down there cheering on Zach. Yeah, a few of my mates from school were there. I only realised. So, yeah. yeah, so a great day out. He looked very good. A couple of really good defensive decisions he made, not just the tries. I'd been calling oh, for him. What about that try saver where he jumped just in off the wing and yeah. grabbed him just before he's yeah. about to dive over? That last five great. weeks, any they they walk over against the Tigers. But the, last the amount five of weeks. effort, like, yes. it just came from him. Isn't it amazing? Fresh oh. blood. And now you've got some fresh blood. So, and Robert is out for another four weeks. He might not come back. Back senior to do it. Uh, BJ back Tommy had his best game in a year yeah, or two. He, did. Yeah. he was strong, breaking tackles. Yeah, he, he, as long if you accept he's going to drop the ball three times. Yeah, yeah and miss a few tackles. You yeah. just go, okay, he's, he's worth twelve points at his absolute best. Um, so th- there are positives. Uh, do I take heaps out of it? Maybe because I'm tipping them this week, but um, <laughs> but not heaps. No, I don't. I think I think dragons were disgusting, and if they play it again, they will be down there with the knights. Have I read this all wrong, Barney? No, you're pretty close to the mark. Um, McCulloch and Vaughan were probably realistically the only two that um, looked good for the dragons. Um, Norman tried his guts out, um, but they just they weren't giving him a platform to do anything off the back of, as we already mentioned. Well, now Hunt, that Hunt's back. Hunt looked like he was a couple of weeks off the mark easily. Like he, It looked like they brought him back way too early. Yeah. Um, Dufty didn't get involved, which meant none of the outside backs got involved, but again, the defence out there from the outside backs was pretty it was pretty horrendous. Yeah. Like, um, the, when Luke Brooks is getting seven tackle busts against Sharp, <laughs> like, when was the last time you saw seven oh, tackle busts been. against Luke Brooks' name? Would have been in his 20th <laughs> game. <laughs> when he debuted against the Dragons in 2013. Had, maybe. Had, yeah, he has had good games, but... Oh, yeah. of course he has, yeah. But, but um, yes, it's been a long, long time. But yeah, Ben... Yeah, Hopefully ben, they uh, take... Missed yeah, um, Even the middle was missing tackles. Like, Josh Kerr and Tarek Sims missed 10 tackles between them. Like, it's... He's carving him up. Uh, Dewey looks like a super solid six. He's got a better kicking game than I expected. Yeah, he, got a boot in him. He's, yeah, his kicking game starting to come to the fore. And he has a hanging And bomb. he looks like a game manager as well. So, um, yeah. you know, you'd leave him at six just because his running game is better than your seven at the moment. Yeah. But, he, yeah, he looks like a, a really good prospect. Um, Laurie's, you know, he's just fitted straight in from when he came, when he walked into the place. Um, he's got a lot to offer. Obviously, he's that little bit small, but that's just, you know, there's not much you can do about yeah. that. Uh, 
he's going to go. He can only wish. Like I said, if he if he was turbo size, he'd be. Yeah, same with Toto. If he was another meter and another half a meter taller, you'd be he'd be in every rep team running around. Yep. Um, yeah, mate. What can what can you say about this one? Tigers were good. There was uh, there wasn't a lot of bad stuff that came out of the Tigers, and they came up against a team that was pretty much powder puff. Yeah, all across the field. Watch that. So. No. Alrighty, uh, I'm giving three to Laurie, two to Dewey, and one to either Joffa, Sini, or Tamo. I suppose you had Brooks in there, but I would have switched the first two and then okay. given Sini the Sini. one. Okay, two to uh, three to Dewey, two to Laurie, one to Sini. To wrap up uh, the review show for this week, uh, peanut of the week. Have you got one for us, Oliver? I do have one, and it's one that I've had since about Sunday, Monday. And I I said to you guys at the time that we have a winner for peanut of the week already, and I'm sticking to it because this one is an absolute idiot. So I put up a post uh, reporting on... The NRLW possibly expanding to six teams this year, which I think is very good. Um, Anyway, one of the comments on that was, I think there are are four too many sides. Obviously, there are currently four sides and not enough cheerleaders. And this man, just based off his profile picture, probably 50s, 60s. Just hearing the comment, you can sort of work out what he looks like off the top of your head. But yeah, it's just in today's society, kind of just not on. And to any cheerleaders out there who might be listening, that's nothing against being a cheerleader it's completely fine fine, but yeah no but it's just (laughs) the way this person's obviously made this comment it's derogatory and I would say to them if you purely want to go to a game of football to watch women dance then I'd say you're probably better off at a brothel because in this day and age we go to games of rugby league to watch men and women play the game so here here pop plant of the week Barney yeah so I've, I've got two actually I've got a double pot plant this week oh. <laughs> I'm going to have Anthony Don as one uh, yeah he made two tackles and missed two he only had 12 runs which is not what Anthony Don does uh, very often he had a, an error which um, I'm pretty sure led directly to points and then I'm also going to go with Will Chambers <laughs> what he threw up on his return with nine runs for 70 metres made 10 tackles but missed four and had two errors and I'm pretty sure both of those led directly to points. Uh, he was horrendous in his return. So good double pot. We're plant. building a whole guarded barn these days. <laughs> I'll give my pot plant to Newcastle. Uh, I can, if you want to me narrow down, it'd be the Newcastle backline. But honestly, we'll we've got a few teams there. We've got a whole nursery yeah, going on. Right. <laughs> oh man, GT's too many spreadsheets. But yeah, they were woeful, and they have a lot of work to do. Ollie. So I'm going to pot plant the Titans to be more specific for the last 60 minutes of the game. Um, d- d- don't want to really go into it any further than that. Yeah, nice. Salute and slap. We'll start with our slaps. Uh, I'm going to slap just because I've saluted them a little bit lately, the Dragons, but I'm going to slap them and say like they need to get their shit together and I have grave concerns for the next few weeks with them. Ollie? I'm going to slap Tyson Gamble. Just because, and it's not a slap because he's bad or anything. It's like you you have the gall to finally live up to your potential that you had nine years ago for one game against the Titans, and it's a hateful slap. It's, it's a, a it's spite slap. It's a spiteful oh, slap. Spite slap. We, this year we've had love slaps and spite slaps and angry slaps and happy slaps. So. Here comes a hesitant slap because I really oh, don't want right, to think about slapping this bloke. We're going to slap Junior Paul. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on Facebook then. Because <laughs> he's cost me a hell of a lot of super coach. 
points lately and 10 runs out of a front rower in 40 minutes. It's not his go. He's, you know, he's so much better than he's probably his last two performances, to be honest. And I rate him so highly and he's just been under par. So. I can imagine you, while he's asleep, in a deep sleep, going up and trying to... Light, the worst part is I'm not him. even going to be able to run away from him. <laughs> <you. laughs> You're not even going to be able to do that. You're going to be so scared of him if you try to slap him. Like if you like trying to wait, you're trying to go and go and you go... His eyes are just going... Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned him earlier, though, and even now with Bag the Dragons. If you had to pick two of the three for Origin this year, Paulo, Clemmer, Vaughan. Yeah, Vaughan's going to go close. Mm. Yeah. I form Vaughan. Yeah. And the other one, I said two or three. Two or three, sorry. Um, I'd take Paulo, Paulo just for yeah. the X factor. That's what I figured. But I think Clem has played himself out of an origin spot because I would have Paul Vaughan there for sure. He's getting to the end of his career. Yeah, like, I, know, I know. But yeah. I'll forgive Saifi. Oh, not forgive, but Saifi's still there. Uh, Paulo and Payne House obviously are there. And um, I would probably have Paul Vaughan as the Vaughan fourth prop in the, in the squad. Yeah. Well, either in the squad or on the bench. Yeah. Salute. I'm going to actually give it to... I'll let you two go first because I've, I've got multiple choice. Well, I'm going to go with Jermaine Asako. Um, after that first 10 or 15 minutes, that could have put anybody to bed and they could not have wanted to be interested in playing the rest of that game. And um, the way he came back and just tore that uh, that right-hand side apart, linking in with the halves, and he was the reason they won the game easily. I'm going to go with a warrior who we didn't actually have uh, getting a daggy end point, and I still think there were those three players ahead of him, but I'm going to go Cody Nikarima okay. to get a really good game. And I, I forgot did, to mention yeah. him before as well, so I'll bring him up here and give him his, give him his salute. I Well, we didn't mention it, but I, I've got a special one I saved, but I actually want to salute another one. I want to salute Reese Walsh. We sort of What's a little bit critical, but another, another Walker's got the headlines this week, but another 18-year-old yeah. uh, doing what he did. I thought he's got a clear future in the game, but oh, I... Expected someone here to mention it, but obvious salute, uh, Bemos, Brett oh, Morris, yeah. for his career and uh, everything he's done for the game. And I wish him all the best in the future going forward. I'm kind of holding on to that slim hope just because it's not official yet that he does come back. You know what I mean? In my head, I'm like, well, it's not. A, it's it's one of those things, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready to say it till it happens. No, I know, but I think I think even salary cap wise, they're probably getting towards. It not being an option, but we'll see. Whatever. Can go to America. Can go to the Titans and defend. <laughs> um, thank you, boys. That's our review show for this week. Stick around and on your Spotify list. Also, we need to plug everything. So, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us under Footy and Frothies. Uh, Twitter on there. Give us some feedback. Uh, leave us some feedback on iTunes if you're subscribing through there. Give us some stars and some likes there. We got an emperor on YouTube. A plug as well for that. We're working on a few technical things, but. Betting in the beer garden to make doing a few little live streams on a Saturday afternoon, talking racing, uh, footy, all sorts of things on the multi-screens, wherever we might set up. And Ollie, you keep nodding. What do you want to plug? Oh, well, I was just going to say, <laughs> you reminded me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram, we've just passed 50 followers, so you get us up to 100. And we're nearing 1,000, the big the big 1,000 likes on Facebook. I think we're about... 
uh, 50, 50 yeah. off. So if, if you're listening right now, have Facebook and you haven't liked the page yet, you've got to like the page now yeah. more than ever. So no, Very good. Really good subscriber numbers. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Give us some feedback, like I said. And a plug for uh, Heroes of Yesterday, book two. As Ollie mentioned, he was out there with Dan Payne last Friday night. At fantastic and book. And Trev. Uh, and they had a great night. Check that out on YouTube as well. And uh, check out the book at dansnrlcollectibles.com. See you. Talk to everyone soon. Mr. Potter Wicker, Mr. Mo Potter Wicker. Mr. Potter Wicker, Mr. Mo Potter Wicker. <laughs>